This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Visit the podcast page for show notes and links. Remember to like, share, and comment to help me grow. This is Swinging Through Comics, episode 76. Just a Man. I'm analyzing Spider-Man Life Story Annual Number 1, which released August 25th, 2021. The writer is Chip Zdarsky, the penciler is Mark Begley, the inker is Andrew Hennessy, the color artist is Matt... Mila, or Mia, I'm not sure <laughs> the pronunciation. Is that Italian or Spanish? Uh, the letterer is uh, Travis Lanham, and the cover art was done by Chip Zdarsky. So, jumping right into the negative thing, this issue. Uh, Peter Parker, 1978, looked a little weird. Like, uh, I like the costume. It's cool. But I think on the, there's two pages. On the first page, he looks okay. On the second page, I don't know if it's because Begley's, like, pulling out on him, or maybe it's the inking, I'm not sure how that goes. But uh, he just, I don't know, he looks a little weird. Like, uh, he almost looks, and he should look a little bit older, but I don't know how much older. Because <laughs> it's 62 to 78, that's 16 years, so he's 31. I just don't know that he looks like a 31-year-old guy. Like, I can't tell if he looks a little bit too old or a little bit too young, or maybe Peter Parker is just a good-looking guy and it sticks for a long time, and then he eventually turns into an old man. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a little, uh, I just, something felt wrong about his face. Like, I like his posture, and stuff, and I guess, yeah, the scraggly beard thing too, um, like, something about his mouth while he's on the phone in the panel above, where he's telling Jonah, like, you're crazy, let it go, he's just a man, that kind of stuff, um, just felt off, but it also felt like, <laughs> like, Peter's, like, a little disgusted by Jonah, and I like that, but just, I don't know, something felt off, he, he was either, he looked a little too young or a little too old, or, like, a combination of the two, and it was kind of weird, uh, but just that face at that time, uh, old Peter looks good, as usual, um, and, uh, you know, Helen, too, because um, we've seen her young as well in the previous uh, Life Story comics. Uh, so, yeah, that's my biggest negative. Peter Parker, 1978, a little bit of a funny face. Uh, going on with the positives, I've got everything looked fantastic. J. Jonah Jameson, Jameson and Osborne, the moral. So, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, everything really looked great. The spider suit looked great. The, uh, you know, Scorpio or Scorpion looked great. Uh, seeing young Norman Osborn and then old Norman Osborn, it was just, it sent shivers, or shivers down my spine. Um, and like the new, uh, I think we got to see, was there a total of three Scorpion suits total we got? I don't know. But then there was the, uh, the weird, the really weird, you know, Jameson robot, you know, Slayer thing. Um, and then there was the final, the final Spider Slayer at the end there, which was really cool, which I like, uh, <laughs> I like how that thing works on multiple levels. It's like a, spider goblin or like a green goblin themed spider slayer but it's also like a spider suit that jonah jameson gets into um or that you know jj gets into and it's uh it's interesting because he's getting into a spider suit and he's doing what spider-man did and it's to correct his mistake that he created in the beginning and anyway this the suit looks really good i'm supposed to just be talking about the aesthetics and then um i love seeing jameson throughout his life and just turning to an old man the only complaint maybe is maybe he looks a little bit too much just like old peter um Although I think old Peter's chubbier. Um, is that right? Yeah, he's a little thicker. Um, but maybe that's my only complaint. Uh, moving on to the next thing. So, yeah, this, like, portrait, this character study of J. Jonah Jameson was really interesting. I've never, like, I've always liked him for being an ass and being, you know, mean to Peter and being that kind of antagonist. But I think there's some people who, like, genuinely like the character of J. Jonah Jameson, and I don't get it. Like, he's he's a clown. Like, he's almost literally a clown. Uh, who causes some bad stuff to happen sometimes, and 
I enjoyed the clownish aspect of it, but he's just always felt like a little bit of an empty character. I've never really gotten it, but the insight into like his wife, Joan, which I find it hilarious. His son's a J, Jonah, Jameson. His wife was Joan, <laughs> uh, Jameson, and he's, you know, JJ, uh, J. And it's just funny how apparently there's been an unbroken line of John Jonah Jameson's uh, for a long time, or J. Jonah Jameson, I should say. So, uh, but also that his wife is Joan. That's a little funny, a little on the nose. Um, I don't know. But, um, was Joan Salem's wife? I can't remember. I kind of think she was Joan Lee. I wonder if that was a little nod. Anyway, uh, back to the point. This really interesting portrait gets painted of the man, and it all comes together at the end, but you need all of him being obsessed and, and wrong-headed about Spider-Man throughout to make it work. But it's just interesting, like, he doesn't like people who flout the law. He doesn't like people who are in masks, who hide themselves. He's out there publicly saying things. Um, but then, you know, he starts flouting the law, and he's okay with it because he's not in a mask, but he's hiding it, you know? Um, and, like... You know, he didn't come forward publicly and state that he was behind Scorpion. And, you know, it wasn't until Gargan was uh, getting on in years and didn't want to die in prison that that came, that that came out. So I just think it's a really interesting portrait of him. And it shows all these different sides. And it shows just how desperate and deep his um, obsession with Spider-Man went. And uh, I really love how it, um, how it ended. Uh, how he made amends. How he took responsibility. And I like, one of the things I like best is that you know, he says that he raised... Um, his son, I guess John. Yeah, he's John, right? Um, he raised John. So it is John John. I knew it was John for some reason. Anyway, um, but he named him, uh, or no, he raised him rather to be a man who would always take accountability of himself and always take responsibility for his actions and clean up his own messes. And after obfuscating and after pushing off and always trying to find a way to blame everything on Spider-Man at the end of his life when he has nothing left, um, Jameson was able to come to that point where he was able to do that same thing. And I love that he was given the opportunity by Osborne, which it's switching into Jameson and Osborne. You know, both these men are obsessed with him uh, till their dying day, but you can see, you know, Osborne, Norman Osborne has a heart attack preparing to kill Spider-Man and preparing to, like, and, and he was involved with the whole thing with Doc Ock and Ben and just the whole mess. Anyway, um, gosh, I'm just remembering back of the story and how good it is. Um, and, like, he was just waiting, and he was in the shadows, and he was doing all this stuff. All these years in prison that, that uh, Osborne spent, uh, he was figuring out how to fake it and how to get out so that he could spring this trap for Spider-Man. And even after he's dead, uh, as part of his will, if Spider-Man's still around, there's something there for Jameson to use. Because he was hoping that Jameson would be just as obsessed, just as bitter, just as uh, unable to resist falling back on that hatred of Spider-Man and of pushing everything else out on somebody else instead of dealing with his own demons inside. And Jameson didn't take the bait. He was able to come to terms with who he is. And I love, oh, this is getting me emotional. I love that he did it through Peter Parker. Peter Parker saved J. Jonah Jameson. And uh, he did it because he, you know, told him Spider-Man is just a man. And I think that struck a nerve in Jameson. And he said, yeah, he is just a man. He shouldn't be this high and mighty, you know, whatever, floating above us all with his mask, hiding his identity. Like, he doesn't face the same uh, stresses as a regular man does. He doesn't place, face the same responsibilities, even though, again, these are things that Jameson himself had avoided facing by getting out of, you know, the whole Gargan Scorpion thing for so long. But ultimately, um, he fell to it, and he kind of, said you know what spider-man's a man he's made mistakes and he should fix them but i need to hold myself to that same standard i'm going to make my 
uh, mistakes right as best as I can. And I love that. And I love that he died um, doing the right thing. I love that he died a hero. I love that he was able to turn that around and he was able to let go. And that, like I said, um, you know, the loss of Peter Parker um, was something that Joe, that Jameson thought he could commiserate on him with and that he could just use it. And I, I love Peter's line, uh, something like, uh, like, you can't even be a human being. You can't even be decent. It's just all about your vendetta against Spider-Man. That's why you're reaching out to me. It's not because you are sorry for me because my wife is dead. It's because it's just another thing that you can use as an angle to hurt Spider-Man or to justify yourself in being uh, so hateful and vindictive towards Spider-Man and wanting him to be brought to you. It's just another piece of evidence that says Spider-Man's a menace. And he said, you know, no, you're a better man than this, so do better. And I think all that stuff stuck with Jameson, and eventually he did better, and he owned up to himself. And I'm just kind of repeating myself, but it's just, it's it's hitting me that, you know, Spider-Man brought tragedy to Jameson and Peter Parker, but Peter Parker uh, was able to give Jameson the inspiration he needed to... Uh, fix a mistake that was born out of his hatred for Spider-Man, which was the Scorpion, and just like it's just so beautiful. Um, it really has the, this like back and forth, like the the books are having the books and the stories are like having this conversation with each other, and they're talking about this obsession and like letting go of that hate. And um, I don't know. I'm thinking about how at the end of a life story, it's revealed that um, Peter, uh, his dream in his final dream that he has before he goes up to the spaceship and whatever, uh, he dreams that he saves Uncle Ben and that, um, it's like at the end of his life, he's finally been able to give, <laughs> like at the end of, of Peter's life, he's finally been able to give Spider-Man, forgive Spider-Man for, you know, what he did or forgive himself for what he did or, or what he failed to do. Just like Jameson's able to forgive Spider-Man and, uh, and make his apology to, or make his apology, make, make things right for what he screwed up. And, uh, I think it's just so beautiful. I think there's really a, well, <laughs> my next thing is the moral. The moral is about letting go of the hate and, um, maybe not just letting go of the hate, but actively working to solve the problem. Like you can roast in your own juices. You can stew over something that makes you emotional, makes you angry, makes you sad. You can just dwell on that or you can take action and I think there's a moral here about working through your problems yourself and maybe with help from others because Helen Gwen was there with Jameson and the others. Um, but uh, like you can work through your problems. You can, you, know, you can sit there inactively, so to speak, and, and work through the problems on your own. But like beyond that, you need to take action in the world to make things good, to make things the way they should be, to make things better, to leave the world a better place. <laughs> Uh, as a callback to another Spider-Man life story uh, analysis and, and title of a, of a review that I did. Um, and that's really beautiful because even though you're just a man, even though you're just a woman, even though you're just a kid, you do have the power to affect the world. You do have the power to change things for the worse or for the better. And the choice is up to you. So real quick to close out, I have some uh, some reflections and thoughts and questions that uh, were sparked by this uh, this comic. Uh, first one is, uh, does Triple J ever suffer the consequences of, the, of his crimes in the comics? I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Uh, I'm sure somebody knows uh, and they could tell me maybe. Uh, and I could look that up myself. But it's just it's interesting that it never seems to happen. Maybe socially, you know, he becomes a pariah or whatever for a while. But I would imagine that has to go away over the decades. Um, so, uh, next question, does Helen 
have a point that superheroes are a beacon for sorrow? Is that true in the stories or just metatextually? Because, yeah, obviously, if you have somebody who's the main character or something, everybody around them has to be affected by it eventually. And, um, you know, is that a real thing or not? <laughs> are you, you know, everyone's the hero of their own story, right? So are you, are you a beacon for sorrow for people in your own lives? I don't know about that. It's, it's probably more of a metatextual thing, but uh, just something I was thinking about. And then, uh, you know, did this change the way you see J. Jonah Jameson? And uh, would you like to see more Spider-Man li Spider Life Story annuals like this? I'm going to say yes, it changed the way I see Jonah um, and, uh, or Jameson. And it's a big deal. It, it really makes me connect to his character and feel for him a lot and uh, just perceive him in a, a really great way that I've never been able to before. And uh, I would love to see more um, Spider-Man Life Story annuals like this. You know, have Peter show up for a couple of pages, Spider-Man show up for a page or two. And the rest of it can be devoted to, to somebody working out, you know, who they are, just giving a, a, a character study, a, a portrait of this uh, fictional character. I think it's really fascinating because it can, it can address so many things. Like I was thinking about, um, you know, Jonas talking about how he's all about the truth and how he'd become obsessed and how he was deluded. I mean, it makes me think of like Trump derangement syndrome. It makes me think of, um, you know, people who are just politically, uh, you know, losing their minds over things and like um, just, you know. You can live your life. You can live your life despite the fact that other people over there are doing things that you don't like. I think that's a really important lesson. I think you can see those sorts of things through stories like this. And, like, I don't know where Zdarsky is politically. He could be, uh, you know, he could have TDS. But, like, it doesn't matter because he's still writing a story that has a point that is the antidote for that. If you take it to heart and listen to it, you can just still live your life and do the best you can do for those around you and for yourself. And um, not care who's in a, you know oval office um and i think it's what you should do but anyway uh really got to close this out uh this is a very strong recommend even without having um just if you've seen like the movies or the tv show or at least the 90s show i don't know what the other ones how they deal with jameson um yeah it's worthwhile it's a very worthwhile story i think i almost think it's so well written that you don't even need all the context uh, like they set you up, they tell you about Gargan, they tell you, they show you the you know the weird robot with the tentacles or whatever. They, they show you these things, and uh, it just works itself out. I think really beautifully. And um, yeah, anybody anybody could read this. Uh, I'm gonna give the art a five out of five and the story a five out of five. Even though I had that quibble with the um, like you know Pete looking kind of weird in the '70s or '78 or whatever that was, um, I could uh, you know I can forgive that. And uh, honestly, uh, old Pete at, at Jonah's funeral, like right before, or right before or right after, I'm not sure, 9-11, um, 2001, uh, was the same thing. Um, very close to, uh, oh man, I didn't even pick up on that, did I? Um, I didn't pick up on, on Jonah's release date. Uh, I'm actually going to go into the comic and look at that real quick. Uh, but anyway, I just, I just still thought it was fabulous, even though I said I can quibble with a couple things. Old Peter looked a little, you know, a little rough, but you know, he's older. There should be more lines on his face, so... I'm technically okay with that. It's just, uh, it's just, it kind of threw me for a minute. Just, uh, like his shocked face, his surprise face looked a little funny. I'll be honest. So I just want to give it a pass because I enjoyed the book so much. And honestly, the more I enjoy the book, I think the more, uh, I'm willing to forgive out of things. So I'm just zooming around real quick to verify. When does Jonah get out? Because that's, that's a year. Okay, that's 95. Man. Yeah. He gets out 2001. It doesn't say when, but we know Peter's funeral or Peter goes to, um, Jameson's funeral, and it's around 9-11, because then there's that picture of him helping, uh, I don't know if it's in the World Trade Center, one of the buildings or not, but, um, he's helping there, so, anyway, I'm gonna get all weepy again if I keep talking about that, thinking about that, so I'm gonna stop, uh, 
yeah, I'm going to stop. This is a great book. I loved it. And, uh, I hope you, uh, I'd love to hear your perspectives on it. And, and, um, yeah, I'd love to hear your perspectives on it. Although I do really love, uh, Gwen Helen's thing about, um, about <laughs> saying that Peters is trapped in the web of Spider-Man as Jonah was. I think it's really, a really great touch. Thank you for your time and attention. I hope you enjoyed this. Check out my growing collections of analysis, art, and fiction. The bottom of the show notes might just feature a design relevant to the topic at hand. Click around and find out. You can also visit mjmanews.com support to see my latest designs and more. I welcome all forms of critique to improve my craft, so don't hold back any comments you have for me. I leave you with peace and blessings. This is MJ, signing out.